the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show which answers the question, it's the international break, what do you even write about? And on the injury hit, battle-weary buff this week, Carlisle collapse. That wasn't very good, was it? Rest up, just how much can we really blame tiredness? It's a sign why some of the roads are still guiding you to the Macron Stadium. And boxing clever, what's really been going on with Wanderers TV? It's all in the podcast that isn't sponsored by Manscaped, yet... Expressed are not those of the composer or anyone to do with Bolton News. <laughs> any similarity to any persons involved in football is purely coincidental. He's the greatest manager of all time. Sack him now before half time. Midfield maestro, new contract. Should never play a game, and that's a fact. It's an opinion. A reminder that you can get your business noticed by advertising alongside our best red Bolton Wanderers articles as part of our new Wanderers Boost campaign. Your brand can feature in a lovely full skin digital wrap. I don't know what that is, but it sounds delicious. Uh, it can also advertise with up to three audio adverts on this very podcast. So if you want to be seen and heard by thousands and thousands of Bolton Wanderers fans every single week, then get in touch with John Ashley in our advertising department. His email address is john.ashley, that's J-O-H-N dot A-S-H-L-E-Y at localiq, all one word, dot co dot UK. His email address is also in the notes of this very podcast. Right, okay, the locals are restless. 
And joining me in the bunker again this week is Derek Clark. Derek, have you brought your tin hats and your have you brought any tunnocks wafers for us to share in the bunker? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm buckling under uh, underneath. I've got my supplies ready <laughs> as well. My emergency rations are on hand, Mark. So here we go. Tin hats at the ref. I'll tell you what, here we go. You get to bring three luxury items into our Bolton Wanderers bunker. Which which three items do you bring? You've got wow. you've got emergency. You've got you've got supplies. You get water. You get basic rations. But which three luxury items do you bring in? It's like Desert Island Discs. Yeah, this is a, what a question to kick off. Uh, maybe some sort of enter computer game computer. Maybe Sega Mega Drive. You going Mega Drive? You going yeah. retro? I yeah. like it. With, I like with, it. With with games, is that is that one used up? I think that's one used up. I think we can have games with that as long as um, you're uh, you're bringing Smash TV in that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure what else I would bring. Um, uh, luxury items, uh, some books, maybe some uh, magazines. Ooh, I don't really read magazines. <laughs> get the learned Derek Clark. A phone, a phone is a phone a luxury item. I don't think you get reception down in the bunker. Ah, right, fair. okay. I think we're um, going to have to stick with analogue. Uh, Netflix, maybe? Are we, yeah, are we I, 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 I don't think I could do without Netflix. I think I'd be, uh, I think I'd be bringing my uh, my Fire Stick. Yeah, yeah, Fire like Stick that. will certainly be in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And then maybe a, a football or something, we can uh, have a kick around, maybe? That's a good idea. An interbunker. I mean, this is all fictitious. I don't know why. I don't know why we've started on this uh, on this tangent. To be honest, it doesn't really bode well for the structure of the podcast, if I'm honest, mate. But uh, yeah, it's not, it's not. I knew I should have gone to the Bolton Beer Festival for this. Uh, oh, yeah. beer! There's, there's there's a good option. Are we allowed alcohol down there in the bunker? Or I see no reason why not. That's that'd be that'd be a cracking idea. Let actually. me swap Netflix just... for a uh, for a uh, beer then. <laughs> Give me a couple of beers and you won't need Netflix. I'm yeah, a yeah. one-man entertainment machine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, we digress. Uh, this is a Bolton Wonders podcast. I should I should remind myself of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not been a great deal to talk about, if truth be told. Uh, since we last came out, obviously, they lost uh, 3-1 to Carlisle. It's a result that has really got the heckles of uh, a lot of people. Um the, the the natives are restless and with with probably good reason because I don't think it was a good performance. There wasn't much uh, many redeeming uh, factors about it at all. Can you can you kind of understand the the disappointment and the anger? Yeah, I don't think anyone could have envisaged that scoreline when we were pitching up to the, this tough sheet um, on yeah. Saturday afternoon. Mark, I, I, I was fully expecting Bolton to get three points given the fact that they'd won the last two games against probably on paper harder opposition and well definitely harder opposition Stevenage and Port yeah. Vale but it was almost as if those games had taken out the players on that Saturday that was a bit flat wasn't it a bit lackluster at times and um, I think that the break as the manager said did come at the right time but yeah listen when you go in at home against Carlisle you're expecting to win the game especially if you go 1-0 up as well so I can understand fans frustrations after that one. Yeah, I mean, 4,400 Carlisle fans. Yeah. And, you know, if you looked at Paul Simpson after that game, you'd, you'd think he'd just won the World Cup. It was, it, and, and even his comments afterwards, I don't know, he caught his, um, his one in midweek. I think yeah. they lost, was it Forest under 21s they lost to? Yeah, like that. Trophy. yeah. That's right. And and he kind of gave a big speech about how, uh, you know, it had been one of the greatest results in the in the club's history and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, 
it's not. Let's, let's let's be fair. It's only three points. It's only League One. It's not exactly. It's not too massive. But uh, yeah, you can kind of see that they were well well banged up for it. Bolton on the day felt undercooked pretty much throughout. I know they they went ahead through the own goal, but I don't. I never really felt particularly confident in the game. If I'm being honest, I know Dion Charles had that one chance after half time, which. You know, if, if he scores it at the far post, maybe that's 2-1. Maybe the psychology of the game changes. But I, I think it's it's a difficult one because whenever you lose a game, um, whatever logic you apply to that game looks like an excuse. Mm. And I think had we sort of gone back to the start of that that kind of three-game sequence and said, oh, Bolton can take six points. I don't think there have been too many complaints given the injuries that they had at the time. But because they'd won the previous two games and were expected probably to go on and get that one, it's it's kind of all expectation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the exact same, uh, same thing. Uh, yeah. Listen, it's something I, I, different, though, because that's how podcasts work. It's, it's yeah. easier, really. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> yeah. No, like I say, nobody envisaged that 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 result. I didn't, but fair credit to Carlisle. I thought they played well. I thought yeah. they probably deserved it. The three points in the end, um, and like you say, I did see that interview. It was almost it was a parade stuff almost at, at the end, wasn't it? We've seen the, the yeah. post match huddle as well. I'm not too sure if they do that every game, but uh, it was a huge result for them. And um, I mean, credit to them for travelling down the Carlisle fans because I know there was a train disruption uh, yeah. due adverse weather coming down. So, so I don't think we'll have. Uh, that number of visiting fans uh, for the rest of the season, whatever club pitches up, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, fair play to them. But yeah, I think uh, Bolton could have, should have done much better. We, I think we're both in agreement for, for that. But perhaps, as I mentioned there, the two games previously might have taken it out of them. The manager did say prior to going into these run of fixtures that um, it was all hands to the pump pretty much and players were, were playing through the, the pain barrier. Mm. Uh, and it was all about results. He said, don't expect real... Uh, quality performances really so I think uh, the expectation levels were increased after the two results and quite rightly so to impressive results uh, and battling performances as well against Stevenage and Port Vale so uh, to come up short against Carlisle you're going to get supporters scratch, scratching their head I've had a few that uh, pay attention to the Bolton games uh, friends of mine that are saying what happened here uh, because they've been following <laughs> Bolton closely and, and they think that they're, they're a shoe in to go up so uh, it certainly was a bump in the road, but listen, I think uh, every team that comes to the tough sheet is at their cup final for them for the majority of teams in League One, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure the players are well aware of that, that they need to stand up and resist any sort of pressure that comes with that. And unfortunately, on Saturday, they just came up short. I think we've had a lot of a lot of opinions uh, in the last few days as to, to what went wrong and, and whether it spells out any any underlying problems in the squad and all sorts. I mean, they're sixth in the table as things stand, which is obviously below where they want to be at the end of it all. Um, there's been a, a rumbling since the, the transfer window closed as to whether the squad's got the sufficient depth. And obviously the injuries that have happened over the last few weeks, you know, they can't be, they can't be helped, but they could potentially have been legislated for. I think that's, it's a fair, fair criticism. Um, but one of the things that Ian Everett has said is that the players were tired and that the break has come at the right time. And that seems to have got a lot of people's backs up. Uh, a lot of people citing that, uh, you know, teams in you know 1993 played 60 games and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a little unfair because it's a totally different game than it was then. Even as, even if you ever to ask John McGinley or Andy Walker or David Lee or anything like mm. that, they would tell you that the game nowadays is a completely different one to the one they played. However, however, um, we are only a few months into the season, a couple of months, only 12, 11 games for Bolton into the season. There was an international break last month. Is is it a little bit easy to pass it off as just tiredness? Uh, I can understand that argument, but I think you need to factor in the fact that there's players missing through injury. I know the manager cited uh, Rico uh, in his post-match yeah. press conference. I think that is a, a massive loss uh, and fair credit to the, the lads that have come in there and, and, and Buster got uh, for the, the majority of the game. all right. Yeah. yeah, they have done all right. And um, but, I mean, Gethin Jones missing as well through suspension. I think he's got a perhaps get a fight on his hands getting his, his place back because I think uh, Will Forrester has done well. But um, yeah, I think the fact they are missing players through injury, it was a, a patch-up job with a lot of them. Dion Charles, of course, playing through the pain barrier a little bit um, as well. So hopefully, well, he'll probably will play for Northern Ireland, won't he? So he won't get a break as such. But uh, for some players, uh, I think playing in that Enevit team uh, asks a lot of you, doesn't it, uh, in terms of uh, output? So, so um, I can understand his... Uh, He's thinking behind that. Uh, usually when you lose a game, you want a game to come around straight away, don't you? Uh, to try and put things right. So I'm sure that many of the players in that squad will would have been wishing for a, a game, maybe on a Tuesday night or what have you. But it is what it is. Um, and you just hope when they come back from Northampton, they're recharged and ready to go again. If they, if they come up short against Northampton, then... Uh, yeah, I shudder to think what, what the fan reaction would be like to that. So uh, no excuses uh, when Northampton come to town. Fire and brimstone. That's what it'll be. It won't be the first time that I've encountered it either, to be fair. But I think the point you make about uh, playing in Ian Everett's team is a good one because they do ask a lot of players, particularly the the, the wider players uh, who are yeah. really important to the, to the way the system works and to the front uh, three, probably, front two plus Dempsey, um, in terms of triggering the press and pressing high up the pitch. They do ask a lot physically of them. And when those players are spent, as I, I think probably the wide players, Brando Williams, more than Dacus Cogley, but they both look pretty knackered to me uh, yeah. by the start of the Carlisle game, let alone the finish. Uh, we know Dempsey was playing with his back problem. That's that's an issue. We know Dion's been a nurse in his shoulder. Uh, Adebayo Joe on Saturday, obviously, was coming back from a knee problem. So maybe just a little bit off all the key positions there. And that's the, the the net result. I'm not trying to make excuses for them because, you know, it doesn't matter what I say. Uh, you know, if, if fans will make their own minds up as to to, to where the faults lie, um, and certainly never has been given his fair share of criticism this week. But uh, I and, and and maybe he, you know, if he is going to play this kind of high tempo, energy sapping type of game, that is something you factor in to to maybe bolster your squad depth a little bit more. I don't know, but yeah. Um, I, I do think it's a little bit, a, a little bit uh, unfair to say that they they weren't tired or that they can't be tired. Um, you know, which I think has has been levelled quite a lot. The manager and the, the way that he came out after the game and said it's come at the right time for us. We are knackered. We are a bit of a spent force. Um, I, I do. I, they looked it to me. They looked it to me, and I yeah. don't think that's an underlying fitness problem. Yeah, and he, he'll know his players better than anyone else. And not yeah. only physically, he'll probably mentally tiring as well after, like I said, those two results where it wasn't real a vintage Ian Everett performance in the two games. I know the first half against Port Vale, they, 
Um, they dominated, I think. I've not seen them dominate a team like that away from home uh, this season. And then second half, it was role reversal, wasn't it? Where it was back to the wall at times. Stevenage was a, a sort of back to the wall performance in that, that second half as well. So yep. mentally, I think that'll take a lot out of you. Um, so I think the break in that respect that did come at the, the right time. In terms of the internationals going away, we've only really got Josh Sheen, uh, Ontol and, and Dion, uh, and then the Zach is away with the Wills under-21s, isn't he? But mm-hmm. apart from that, then the rest of the players, I'd imagine, they'll have a, a couple of days off, chance to recharge the batteries, perhaps, both physically and mentally. And like I say, if they come back, fit and firing for Northampton, get a result, then it's uh, back on the, the rails again. It's funny sometimes as well with the way that the players say it and the way that the manager says it. Obviously, the, the manager is looking out for you know several players, a squad worth of players. Uh, and then you speak to Josh Dakers Cogley after the game and say, you know, you know, was it a, a game too far? Were you a bit knackered? He's like, no, 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 we're fine. We've, we've just let ourselves down. And it's almost in, in direct opposition to the to the probably excuse making that the manager's mm. trying to take the heat off his players by saying. Yeah, it was maybe a game too far for us, um, which was a bit of a shame, I suppose, <laughs> that, that, that the two messages were to clash. But I think I was quite impressed with the fact that he was quite honest. He, he said they weren't at the races. They weren't at the races. It was it was a yeah. poor performance. I don't think anybody's going to deny that. But where do you where do you kind of sit now with Bolton? They're the sixth in the table uh, going into uh, well, be Northampton at home next, obviously. Um, 11 games, about a quarter of the season gone. How good a start do you think they've made? I think it's a decent start. Of course, they've got a game in hand on uh, some of the teams uh, yeah. above them. So, I mean, you win that. I know it's easier said than done, but you win that game, you're sitting third in the table. So, if we're basing it on that and you're sitting third after this uh, second international break, then you'd probably say it's probably a decent start. Could have been better. There's a few results there. The Reading one still uh, irks me. I think that that game was there for the taking, wasn't it? That game should have been put to bed by by half-time, but is what it is. Uh, Khalil was disappointing. Wigan, we don't need to talk about. So um, I think there is room for improvement there. Uh, I know that Portsmouth and Oxford are are in a great run of form at this moment in time. Whether they can keep that up remains to be seen, but they are, I mean, seven points and and eight points away from Bolton at this moment in time. You don't want that gap to get to increase any further because you want to target the automatic promotion spots, don't you? So uh, I think this Northampton game next up is huge. If they can finish the month strongly, take a tricky trip down at, at Wickham, of course, and then Charlton. So that's, that's going to be a huge week, uh, two games on the road. So if they can come away um, with six, seven points from, from those games, is that, is that a decent return, you think? But in terms of the report card, I would probably say B, B plus. Oh, I wish, I wish you were my teacher, Derek. <laughs> uh, I've, I've given, I'll give them a, if they were top two I'd, I'd say A uh, yeah. so probably B, B plus is that, do people kids still get A's and B's or is it no it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's up to nines now it's, wow. it's, it's zero to nine I don't understand it anymore I no. just nod my head whenever my son gives me his report card it's just like yeah <laughs> nice okie dokie uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think if we're going to go old-fashioned, I think I'd give them a C at the minute because I feel like they have left points out there. I feel like it's not quite it's not quite clicked the way that Ian Everett will have wanted it to, and that does give you scope to improve. And I think history's shown that they do improve in the second half of, of the season. 
you know, there is January there. And, and as much as we'd like the squad to be completely fully formed and assembled now, they have got January to come if they do need to, to bolster things. Um, I think so long as they are in touch with those automatic places, then I'm, I'm relatively happy. But I can I can understand the frustration. I can understand the kind of uh, the criticisms that are coming their way, because on any given day, they can be absolutely outstanding and and downright yeah. awful on the same day. So it's uh, it's a difficult one to assess. But it's Bolton. It's never going to be bloody easy, is it? Let's face it. OK, right. With no Henry, because Henry is still living the life of luxury and nappies. Um, but I'm glad to say Mrs. Stewart and uh, son very, uh, very well. Very well. I'll leave him to give all the details next week, um, the official weigh-in and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I don't understand any of that. But uh, in his absence, I have picked out some headlines. So this is Headlines. <laughs> Yes. Okay. We have some headlines. It may be the international break, but I do still have to fill six papers a week, three pages every single day, and a website. So you know, stories do happen. Um, and Derek has uh, stayed with me to uh, to go through the uh, go through the headlines from the Bolton News. Sam Hurd has officially left the building, uh, and Matt Craddock has, has stepped up from the B team. Um, we've done a bit of research into kind of what Sam Hurd's brought to the party. A lot of work on set pieces, a lot of one-to-one work with the players. Nobody behind the scenes has a bad word to say about him. So there really does seem to me to be a really big decision now for Bolton Wanderers as to who steps into that next role, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. You, you called it right last week when you said that uh, uh, Matt Craddock would step up. And yeah. in the meantime, uh, it remains to be seen if uh, that is a, a long-term option, really. Uh, we know when we spoke to the manager after that Port Vale game, he was talking about potential replacements and how it wouldn't necessarily just be a, a friend of his that, that would be coming in. They would try and select the best possible candidate to replace Sam Hurd. I think it'll be a big loss. Like you said, set pieces, he uh, improved in that a great deal. I do like watching the, the Wanderer set pieces now. There seems to be a bit of invention around corners and free kicks in the main. So, um, now they've got rid of that conga line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was never a never fan a of that. Never a big fan of the conga line. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the conga line, I've got to admit. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the set pieces have, have, have been brilliant under Sam. So uh, whether that can uh, carry on, uh, hopefully it, it can do so. Uh, and yeah, it's, listen, it's an interesting one who they will go and try and bring in. I think uh, it's a good opportunity for Matt Craddock at this moment in time. Um, so... Yeah, wish Sam all the best. As, as we said last week, he's got a, a yeah. good role with the, the, the PFA, so hopefully um, he goes and uh, enjoys that. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, thankful, most, uh, if not all, Bolton fans really happy with the, the work that he did there. Yeah, definitely. Actually, speaking to Evo, I mean, he, he was saying that whilst Sam Hurt has, has obviously uh, kind of concentrated on the set pieces, they've now got an analyst who also comes in and does that work. So it's going to be able to pass on the information it's and it's kind of a group collective thing anyway so i don't think they will necessarily completely lose that when sam heard yeah. uh, leaves so it, it's not as if they just forget how to do set pieces that information is all stored in there in that in that uh, kind of a, a analysis department and i think that was the idea of building this whole football department or rebuilding the whole football department is that when staff do come and go you've still got that central yeah 
kind of unit to uh, to continue and, and, and to uh, sort of bridge the gap. So, yeah, I think it's it's Matt Craddock to, to go in now and to uh, to show him what he's got. You know, I, I like the guy. I think he's uh, he's done a decent job with the B team. It hasn't been an easy job with the B team trying to settle down a, an absolutely sort of uh, random almost uh, group of players mm. at one stage. Um, but he has got them playing football, which is is similar to that of the first team now, which is good. Uh, had a couple of success stories, um, albeit probably like a few more. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what they, they do from here. Uh, we will go on to our next headline, uh, which was uh, one you touched on a little bit before, but we will go back to it. And that's the, the idea that Ricardo Santos may have been a bigger miss than uh, that's not bigger mist. That's a bigger miss uh, <laughs> than uh, than we uh, than we realised. Um, he obviously gets Joe Garner on the weekend. I think we did really kind of see maybe the frailty a little bit, the the youth certainly in that back three. Um, if you put Ricardo Santos or a fit Ricardo Santos in that team, do you lose that game? Does Joe Garner have as much of an effect? Do you think you know Joe Garner well? Yeah, yeah, I do, and he was—he's a master of the dark arts. It, it was a typical Joe Garner performance, wasn't it? He loves the, the physicality and uh, getting in and about centre halves, and, and he done that. I mean, uh, the manager said that as much in, in his post-match press conference, didn't he? He's played against Joe Garner as well. You know what you're getting with him. He loves chaos, and uh, he's always a guaranteed yellow card. Put it that way, just because he pulled <laughs> himself around, and he, he did that at the tough sheet, and. Uh, Really poor penalty, right enough. Uh, it was almost like a, a pass by, a good save by by Nathan Baxter, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, not a good penalty whatsoever from uh, Joe. But uh, if Rico plays there, no, I don't think he has the same game or, or influence on the game, I've got to admit. I think uh, you'd struggle to find any player in League One that can uh, outmuscle Ricardo Santos. He's that important, I think, to, to the side. And that's no discredit to, I think, that on toll and... Uh, the lads at the back there, but he just adds something extra, a bit of insurance policy, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. You can you can rely on them on one on ones, and um, you can take extra chances and gambles at the back because you know that, that Rico's back there, and nine times out of ten he's going to win the, the physicality battle with whoever centre forward he's up against. So uh, I think I did miss him on, on Saturday. Uh, let's hope he's back for Northampton. I think fingers crossed that he will be. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I think he's he's indispensable for me, Ricardo Santos. If Bolton want to get promoted this season, then he has to be on the pitch more times than he's not. The, the kind of an offshoot of, of an argument that that seems to have sprouted up on social media is is uh, just how good is Ricardo Santos? Do do you see him as a Championship class player? Do you think he could play in the Championship? I do, yeah, but I mean, it's difficult to say because we haven't seen it yet. And yeah, there's a number yeah. of players I think there's question marks over uh, the players whether they can make that jump into the, the championship. Um, let's hope we can pass judgment next season. But I think he's good enough to do that. Uh, mm. uh, and let's hope, we, let's hope we can see it uh, next year. But um, yeah, I think if, 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 I mean, this is for another show, of course, but I think there will be a, a number of additions if Bolton managed to get up into the championship I think everyone would be in agreement to that it takes a, mm. a, a even an even higher caliber of player don't you to compete because uh, I think there's so many good sides in that that championship at this moment it's almost like two leagues in a league if you like so uh, I think they're going to have to spend a bit of money and bring in uh, a real high caliber of player but I can certainly see Ricardo Santos being part of that 11 should uh, Bolton manage to get up this season 
Uh, you just hope that he's back for Northampton, don't you? Because, uh, like I say, Saturday, Joe Garner, uh, he knows what he's doing all the time. He wins fills. He just he's just a pain in the back. A bit like Dion for 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 Wanderers, really for for back the back three, just a. Always nagging, winning balls in the air, winning fills, uh, collapsing the ball. Would he just go ball. away? <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And Nicky Hunter alongside me on, on Saturday sort of agreed as well. He says he's a big presence at the back. So uh, when he's uh, talking about football, you're listening. Yeah, I certainly agree with him with regards to that. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, next headline. Next headline. It's weird. It's, it's really weird reading out my own headlines and jogging the whole thing. I'm taking on the host's role. It's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> um, talking about the international contingent and uh, Sheehan got 45 minutes against Gibraltar um, in Wrexham. Uh, what day was that? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. So you've got Dion and, and Owen Toll playing for Northern Ireland. They've got two European qualifiers. And then uh, Zach Ashworth as well playing for Wales under-21s. I want to talk about Owen Toll because Owen Toll has joined up with Northern Ireland a few times now and he hasn't actually got a cap yet. And I just wondered, is it about time that he, he kind of did? How difficult is it for these players who go out on international duty who miss the club training? It's, I feel like you can get away with the international, sorry, it's a Premier League level where there's a bigger squad. It's not quite as big, bigger an influence. But if you're taking two of the, the main players out of Bolton's squad there, and one of them's just sat there on his backside watching the other one play, it just seems like a complete waste, doesn't it? Yeah, but if I'm on toll, I'm, I'm mega excited at just being called up to the squad, I think. Uh, I think how many times or how many times can you be mega excited and then not go and play? I know what you mean, but uh, he's he's just recently been called up in the last couple of squads, hasn't he? So I think yeah. it's, it's, he's still in the the honeymoon period, if you like, of being called up to his, his national team. Listen, they play San Marino on Saturday. If he doesn't get minutes in that game, then he's got every right to. Uh, they can play three. right wing in that game for Christ's sake. And he'll be all right, will he? <laughs> Playing goal for Christ's sake, uh, yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I do think I, I looked a bit with that uh, Gibraltar friendly for Wales, and I just thought, well, I mean, I know, I know, Sheen got forty-five minutes, but the starting lineup, I'm thinking, why, why, why are you not playing Sheen there? Why is he, yeah. why is he not starting? Because you've got a lot of players. I know he played the likes of Charlie Savage and such like that. That the, the kids have come in for their first try. But actually, you've got an excuse there to play a player who's actually on the fringe of your first team. You've got a proper, a proper yeah. first team option there, not an untested kid. Um, and it it just made me maybe chuckle a little bit that it sometimes. I mean, this is look. Everybody, everybody wants to see uh, their players playing international football. It should be an honour, um, obviously. But I think it does create different types of problems. I think for players. Yeah, well, let's, we've just talked about Dion nursing a shoulder injury. If he comes back, aggravating exactly. that, then you're going to be tearing your hair out, aren't you? So, uh, I won't, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, have you got a pair of tweezers, man? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, 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 but if, 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 uh, you can understand you'll be itching to play, obviously, not expect Dion to play the, the two games uh, coming up for Northern Ireland, but you just hope he comes back. Uh, beating fit, but uh, the own uh, I'd expect him to play against San Marino. I think he deserves to. If, like me, me and you could play up front against San Marino. I think, Mark. No disrespect <laughs> to any San Marino fans that are maybe tuning in, but uh, yeah, I'd fully expect him to get a, a run out uh, in the next two games. Uh, it's like Ashworth is another one. It's good to see him coming back as well. We touched on Randall yeah. being 
almost uh, blown a gasket a little bit. So uh, it's good to see he's come on the last couple of games to replace him. It adds a bit of energy down that left-hand side. So uh, that's good to see him back in the deck. And I've actually been quite impressed with him. Uh, Zach yeah. Ashford, we've only seen bits and pieces of him so far, but uh, I think he could have a, a, a more of a part to play in the coming games, I think. Well, certainly, if they're looking to, to look at him uh, longer term and as a, as a permanent signing, then I think they've got to mm-hmm. phase him in a little bit more and, and use him a bit more. The last thing you want to see is is kind of another Owen Beck situation where yeah. he's got all the promise and everything, but he's just not getting enough game time for you to, to substantiate it. And, uh, you know, I, I, you and I have both spoken to him. He seems like a very well put together lad. He's got his head screwed on. I think technically he's done very well in, in the, the games that I've seen so far. Um, you know, he is still obviously physically still a young lad, um, which maybe is part of the reason that he's not getting regular regular football. But yeah, I think I think um, it, it's it's become quite clear that, that Williams runs himself out maybe a little bit after 70, 80 minutes. Maybe that is the, the substitution we'll see more often now that yeah. he's back fit and firing. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, right. I spoke to Neil Hart this morning, Thursday morning, as uh, it turns out. Um, and I have a, a buff exclusive because it hasn't actually hit the, wow. the news yet. But um, Bolton Wanderers are going to have four screens Four screens. Wow. We are doubling the numbers of screens at the Tough Sheet Stadium. Um, so, yes, as as eagle-eyed people will have known, they, they put in two screens this summer. Um, and uh, there has been a little bit of blowback, I think, on the size of the screens and the fact that they're landscape and not portrait. Um, but but I have been uh, told this morning that they're actually going to put in screens in the other corners. So we're going to have one in every single... I think, I can't think of another ground in the EFL that will have screens in all four corners. It's going to be like a bloody IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> you'd love that. Yeah. Uh, that. What, yeah, what, what, what I like about on. it is you, you can see a replay. It shows replays of uh, incidents in games, which I noticed at the weekend, yeah. uh, which I hadn't before. So I think that that's a good that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, but four screens. Uh, yeah, fair, fair play. That that'll be good because. Um, Depends where you're sat in the ground, of course. But if you can, um, don't need to crane your neck to have a look at the screen. Then all good. Yeah, I've always. I mean, do you need to? Do you need to look at the screen if you're in the ground? There's a big green pitch. That's what you. That's that's where the action is, folks. But uh, yeah, I, I I use the clock, and as from yeah. the press, I mean, I've always been a bit iffy about the uh, the placing of the old um, iPad in the corner because you could never see it through the gantry where we're sat at the back mm-hmm. of the press box. You can't see where the old there uh, one was, but you can just about see the one to our left now on the uh, the press box. Um, as long as nobody's standing up next to us. Uh, but it'd be lovely to be able to look anywhere, like uh, be able to see what time it is. It'd be luxury, luxury. And Neil Hart was telling me apparently that the, the LED uh, ribbons um, have been shipped in by boats, wow. obviously, uh, from China, bit yes. by bit. There you go. Did it, did That's they, incredible. Did they come in by boat? Is that Apparently, they... he said they were too expensive to fly in, so they literally come in by boat. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's that's why it took so long. That's why we didn't hit the, the target for Derby in the middle of the flipping Indian Ocean or wherever. <laughs> um, yeah, can you imagine that? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's just, just them saving on eBay fees or something like that. They've gone for mm. like ultra ultra budget class <laughs> delivery, and it's just some guy in a rowing boat with a big screen, like you know, 
Um, but yeah, apparently shipped in bit by bit from China, which is interesting. Wow, um, he was he was also saying actually that these LED things, once uh, you know, once they are fully stocked with adverts, at the minute they're um, they're doing quite well uh, commercially with it. But w- once they are fully stocked, it will give them a chance to earn ten times the previous commercial revenue that they could have earned without them. If you know what I mean, previously. Yeah. So I mean that. I know it's been quite a big investment and it's come out of the Wanderers Bond stuff, which in itself, I think everybody's got an opinion as to how you should be spending that money and all that kind of thing. But it looks like it could pay for itself fairly quickly. Yeah, so an investment then. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will do. Um, so anything that can bring money into the club, I think, uh, should be looked at. And uh, yeah, this this is another such thing. So um, yeah, fair play to them. Uh, it looks decent as well. I mean, like you said, I think... Uh, I think well, everyone would probably be in agreement. The tough sheet is a is a Premier League ground, isn't it? So it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll look like a, a Premier League ground with at least LED screens. You see it, all the clubs in the Premier League and what have you, and especially with the, the four screens that are going to be installed as well. So uh, yeah, just looking the part. And I've got to say that the pitch. I mean, I know the ground staff get. A, uh, I see it every week, but the pitch looks magnificent every game. Remember the last season? Just was it February time? It was uh, towards the winter. But yeah. I think due to the weather, but uh, yeah, hats off to the ground staff as well. It's looking in fantastic, Nick. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, considering what they did over the summer as well, they haven't replaced the pitch, and, and yeah. Pink um, came in and, and used yeah. it as you will. I'm still picking up bits of glitter from the press box, by the way, <laughs> thanks to Pink. If I ever meet her, I swear to God, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. Um, it's, she's not her, is it? It's a day. I don't even know what it is. It's, it's, it's a band, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to get my pronouns mixed up yet. <laughs> Forget that. Edit, edit, the band, edit. Is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, Pink's the band. I don't. Is she wow. called Pink as well? Uh, she's. She, I don't think. I, I don't think her real name's Pink, is it? I very much doubt it. But yeah, uh, uh, the comments. Yeah, please, please let us know <laughs> what uh, Pink's real name is. I, I'm dying to know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, another, another issue um, which arose um, in my conversation with the Baltimore CEO and another headline is uh, is is uh, yeah basically um, it's it's Phil Hayes and his match day announcing the Tannoy system one of the most emailed problems I think that I ever get is people complaining about the quality of music or the quality of the sound from Phil at touchline level. Um, and we had a bit of a, an awkward moment, I think, with the Francis Lee uh, mm. tribute where it kind of it bubbled a bit and, and caused a few problems. So spoke to Neil about that one, um, and, and he said it was going to be an extremely expensive do, basically. Uh, they are looking into it. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath if I'm if I'm honest. But it, it does look like it's something that's going to be a significant investment. I would assume, you know, reading between the lines, that it may well be contingent on Championship football that mm. that would to happen because it, it it does look like quite an expensive thing. And you know, you said there about it being a Premier League ground. It is a Premier League ground, but there are Premier League-sized problems there as well because mm. it's 25 years old and there are certain things within that ground that really do need sorting. Um, lifts, hotels, uh, concourses, air conditioning, just just loads, drips yeah. on the roof. And, you know, there's, there's loads and loads and loads of really boring things that you could list uh, that need sorting with that stadium. Um, 
I wouldn't want to be the CEO of that football club. I've got to be completely honest here. And I certainly wouldn't want to have to pay the bills for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's these things that you don't uh, appreciate. And they do cost a lot of money, don't they? Especially Tano. I think yeah. I think the Port Vale Tano uh, stands out for me. I think that was clear, clear as, wasn't it, when we were there recently? That was... Uh, that was really good. I know it's a, a different sort of sort of stadium. Bolton's at a biggest bigger stadium, but thought that was good. Um, I actually used to do a bit of tannoy announcing myself at my old home, hometown club, Hamilton Ackies, and there was one summer it, it tickles me when uh, I turned up and uh, my kit wasn't there, so I had to use a police tannoy. Uh, <laughs> and you had to press the button. You had to press the button. It went bing bong, and then when they make the announcing substitutes and all that, it was like bing bong. Everybody, everyone's eardrums were blasted open. And at half time, I read out the half time scores, and they had the, the the club secretary running up in a panic, saying, "Get it off! Get it off! You can hear those in the dressing rooms. We're going to get a fine." <laughs> so I I I I, uh, I can feel. The pain with regards to Tannoy announcing it, it's not easy, especially if, not, if the equipment is uh, playing up as well. So uh, uh, hopefully that that, that 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 can be fixed. Like you say, Mark, look, I think it's uh, it does cost a bit of money and uh, I think we'll just need to sort of grin and bear it for, for the time being. When you said police, Acad- uh, police Tannoy, I thought I had that guy from Police Academy, man. You're the other one who used to do <laughs> sirens in <laughs> Michael Winslow, whatever his name was. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> That's just getting silly. Right, let's move on. Um, if, uh, in fact, I'm going to move on uh, to a clip. To a clip, yes, indeed, in my uh, little hastily written um, uh, agenda here. Um, another thing you might have spotted on our website, actually, uh, very recently, has been a series we have started with Kevin Davis. Uh, 20 years ago, would you believe, um, he signed for Bolton Wanderers, which is uh, crazy, um, if you've been there wow, all that time like I have. 20, 20 years. Good God. Um, I had hair back then. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, I know all the, the thing is, I knew all Kev's stories kind of like, you know, the, the, the Ferguson's, like rubbing up Ferguson the wrong way, rubbing Benitez and Wenger mm. the wrong way, broken finger, goal at, uh, goal at, um, at Munich. And, you know, I know all those stories. So I kind of said to Kev, right, if we're going to, if we're going to sit down for this, let's do it and talk about stuff that we haven't talked about before. Um, and I had a quality uh, hour and a half or so sat down with him um, and getting some stories that just had different, uh, well, basically they were, they were new to me. So I'm hoping they're new to everybody else as well. They're only available for um, premium subscribers to the Bolton News. Um, so please do have a look at them. Um, but here is a clip. Um, and this is one of the, the really interesting ones that he came up with. We were talking about uh, it being a World Mental Health Day. Um, and we both knew Gary Speed pretty well. And there was also a young man called Marvin Sordell at Bolton Wanderers who came through. A big money move to Bolton. He struggled badly with his mental health whilst he was there. Um, I think he's been quite critical, probably the way that Bolton Wanderers um, handled things at the time. Um, And I asked Kev whether or not he picked up any sort of signs and and, and kind of how he dealt with it at the time. So this is what I had to say. I think there's certain times where you look at, you can kind of reflect and think, did I probably do enough as a captain to recognise that? And you think... Sometimes it's just down to people's personality. You look at Nicholas and Elker and think, you know, he's miserable and quiet. That's just the way he was. You've got yeah, that yeah. tag of being a bit of a, you know, not great around the dressing room. That's just personality. So I looked at Marvin and thought, you know what, some days he came in, didn't, you know, sort of trudged out to training, one of the last out there. The weather's not amazing. I get that. It's probably mm. something he's, those little things, even the weather can affect you, I think, you know, when yeah, he's, yeah. he's playing down south, good pitches, nice weather. 
and didn't deal with very well. So, you know, when you think about it, you think, God, should I have potentially recognised that and tried to ask him if he was all right and help him? Maybe I could have done a bit more as a captain. I, I, I do feel I do feel sorry for obviously for, for for the Marvin situation, but I do wonder whether or not football really had enough of a a, a grip on on how they had to look after the players at, at that point in time. I'm glad that things are now kind of evolving and, and they're realizing that uh, that they've got to do a bit more. But uh, yeah, I think it's, the, it's, it's it's so many different. Like say, young players moving, you know, yeah. moving the country, or even moving from north to south or south to north. I always there's definite changes there. Um, being you know stuck in a hotel someplace stuck in a hotel for weeks months on end and it's difficult isn't it to to be away from people um so yeah i think there's a lot more being done now and i think we, we kind of we're on the right path i think but like i say there's still more that can be done i think uh, to make sure that these things don't go too far the other way really because it can i can imagine it can get get hold of you pretty quickly and you end up in a, a, a downward spiral and it's it's a, it's a tough place to come from so um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, work to be done, work to be done. Right, OK, uh, let's have a look at some fancy football league. Fantasy football league. I'd rather not, to be honest. Looking at the table, uh, I'd rather just completely forget the fantasy football league. Even if you play it, by the way, Derek. I, I used to. I, I used to. I used to be in leagues, uh, and I, I, I usually lose interest after about week ten, uh, yeah. and uh, that's it. And I come like bottom of the leaderboard. Yeah, well, I mean that's the way I'm going. This, I, I honestly, when I had this idea, it was because I was good at fantasy football. I was good mm. at fantasy football. I, I actually had a good record. Since I decided to put it on a podcast, I have absolutely bombed. And I am currently 228th in the Buff League on 428 points. Henry's team, Henry's team <laughs> is above me by 24 wow. points. Wow. Uh, by 24 places, rather. He's dreadful. Uh, is he not at fantasy football? I, I don't... I, he, I don't... I don't know how it's happened. It just basically, it's like putting pins in. in he has no idea at all. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't think he's changed his team once and yet somehow, and I've been sat there listening to podcasts and planning out injuries and all sorts of stuff. But no, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I just think I should just randomly do it every week. But anyway, at the very top of the table, uh, is the Irish dancers, Stephen Irish's team, 539 points. Uh, number two and down from last week, Barbecue Chicken, Ben Gocher, 537 points. Uh, up to joint second is Mamamamai Magoma FC, which I love that. That's great. Ben Duncalf's team. Um, Hurtage Coles, Jordan McDermott's team is four, 528. And up to fifth is Ballers FC, Liam Brown's team. Uh, I am... I'm, if I don't finish in the top hundred of that, I I think I'm going to quit fantasy football forever. Yeah, that yeah, that's, that's, that that is shameful if, if you don't finish in the top hundred. Really, uh, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no need for that. Who who have you got in your team? Well, I I, I actually did my wild card um, last Oof. week because I had five players out at one stage. There were, there were four injuries and one suspension. So I'll run you through my team very quickly. I've got Ariola in goal, Udogi, Cash, Trippier at the back, Son, Ward-Prowse, Mbwemo, Salah, Neto, Alvarez and Haaland. How is that team not top? 
They are, they are underperforming for you, Mark. It's shame on them. I blame the manager. I blame the manager. Yeah. Uh, I think they're tired. The, the international break has come at the right time for us, etc., uh, etc. Et <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Let's move on. It's emails. Take it away, Phil. Is that Philip Moresh? Right, yes, uh, loads of emails have come in. Um, so I'm going to try and rattle through a few whilst Derek is here and uh, we, can, we can crack on. This one is from Alan. He says, hi, Mark. And what I assume will be Derek uh, or Henry, regardless, I love the pod. Um, as Bolton decided to serve up a display that I can only describe as being painful and arduous, I assume as Henry's wife's labour uh, for around 18,000 of us. I think that's pushing it a bit, but you know. Um, it got me thinking, when was the last time a player scored a hat-trick against us at the new stadium? Uh, was it was this the first time since relegation from the Premier League? It looks like the last one was Lampard's for Chelsea. Um, two hat-tricks for Rooney before that, with a Robbie Fowler one before that um, uh, for Leeds. And then a Solskjaer one for United as well. Uh, he says, uh, is he the first to join a very star-studded list of Premier League legends? Or have I missed one since? Um, in an attempt to be the glass-half-full guy, uh, despite the bad day against Carlisle, um, their retro-style kit was beautiful. Um, and also a, a word for Chris Basham. I thought our day was bad until I saw what happened to him. Uh, really puts things in perspective. So, yes, go, get well soon, Bash. Um, he's, a, he's a cracking lad. I knew him when he was a youngster and uh, a terrible injury. Um, uh, where, 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 where are we with that one? Yes, I think it was the, the last hat-trick that was scored against Bolton was Mason Mount at, uh, at Derby. But I think you are right. I think the last Premier, sorry, the last hat trick at the stadium was uh, Frank Lampard all the way back when. Wow. Um, Derek, your thoughts on Carlisle's bus seat kit? Yeah, I, I like it. I've got to say, I like out there kits. Um, not, not, not opposed to that. Um, just on Jordan Gibson, I, I, I know a, a Bradford City fan when he joined Dame initially. I think he was only seventh. I think he joined from Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. First That's pre-season right, yeah. game he scored. And he kissed the badge, and he and he just he just loved that preseason game. He, oh. he fell in love with Jordan Gibson after that. So uh, if you're kissing the badge in a preseason game, then you're then you're something special. But I, th- I thought he was really good uh, on uh, Saturday. Certainly want to uh, keep an eye on. Um, I think uh, I think he's destined for perhaps uh, bigger things than, than Carlisle. But uh, yeah, the the bus seat kit. Um, I'm a fan of uh, crazy designs. I've got as long as it's like the. Uh, well, that was that. That was their away kit, was it not? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you a I fan of it? Uh, it's all right. I, I don't care about kits. I really, as long as I can see the number, I don't. I think. Yeah. Honestly, they could play in business suits. It wouldn't bother me in the as long as I can see the number on the back. I did, however, I like the color of Bolton's third kit. I like that turquoise. Yeah, turquoise. Nice color. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would happily have myself a shirt uh, made out of two of those stitched together. Would be, uh, would be perfectly fine. Um, right, another email. Let's move swiftly onwards. Uh, being a subscriber since the first season of I Follow, a resident in Spain, as said last week on the blog, I'm very disappointed that live commentary does not start until very few minutes before kickoff. Not like the early days. Also, a few matches ago, Tuesday night match, there was a problem with the broadcast and I had to pay on the night to gain access, which should not have been needed. Um, there are there are a few uh, technical issues here um, that uh, Alan Lever is uh, is complaining about. Um, apart from the lack of early commentary, I do find the system very good, though he does uh, 
we have got another one as well, which I think um, mentions Wanderers TV. Seeing you're on, uh, Henry, I'm going to call Derek. Um, seeing you're on, Derek, I might as well just label all these uh, Wanderers TV things at you. So uh, this one's uh, from Matthew as well, along similar lines. Um, dear Mark, Henry and Hewitt Offspring, first of all, congratulations to Henry and his wife, future sign for the Buff Academy programme, I'm sure. Um, as someone that lives on the east coast of, coast of the US, Wanderers TV is my only option for viewing matches. Contrary to some of the comments that you've received, my experiences have been quite good, both using the website and the mobile app. Um, if I do have an issue, it was attributed to a global issue, i.e. the Peterborough match. If there's a bit of a delay from the stream to real life, it doesn't impact me because I don't have anyone to spoil things for me. Soccer fans in the US have gotten used to streaming on Apple TV. Um, and the delay can be a bit insane if my spouse is at a match and shares the goal news as it happens. Derek does a fantastic job. Oh, crap, I forgot to delete that bit. Derek <laughs> does a fantastic job with the commentary. And I've enjoyed John McGinley and Nicky Hunter's guest co-commentators for the season. Thanks for all your reporting, Mark. It's the only reason I subscribe to the Bolton News. Thank you very much. Up the whites. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, so, Derek, yes, there have been a few teething issues with, uh, with Wanderers TV in terms of the streaming, which is beyond... Beyond the club's control, obviously. Um, but how, how have you how have you been finding it? Is it is it is it starting to iron itself out now for you? Yeah, hopefully. I, I know there was a, a few issues. I think what game was it? The uh, Peterborough game, I think, yeah. where yeah. it was a, a, it wasn't just a, a Bolton Wanderers uh, related issue. It was a, a national thing that I was told hasn't happened in about five six years. So um, that was a, something that was out with their control. Uh, bloody Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, listen, it's great having the likes of Nicky, uh, John on. We had uh, Dean Crombie as well on uh, yes. for a game. Um, so that that was also good. I think the more uh, ex-players we get on, it's, it's really good. Uh, I think that the, the partners really like that insight into uh, the game from, from ex-pros that have played it. Um, mm. So it was great having Nicky alongside me at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I understand there's a, a, few, a few grumblings for, from supporters, which I get because they are, are paying money for, for the service, so they want it to be tip top. But uh, I've enjoyed doing it so far. Uh, I think that, that, that as uh, talks and hopes are maybe uh, expanding the coverage uh, somewhat and uh, just improving it. But as in its early days, of course, uh, Wanderers TV. So I'm sure as the time passes, uh, we'll see more bits and pieces being uh, being added to the production set up and making it uh, even more entertaining. Yeah, definitely. I, I spoke to Neil about it a little bit earlier and, and he said it was there was scope potentially to do a bit before, before kick-off. Um, you know, maybe get your co-commentator up there and doing a bit of a bit of a chat or you used to get the when you're doing the Bolton FM you used to get the opposition journalist for example didn't you which was yeah. quite I always found that quite interesting to get their their view before kickoff where you get a, a well, you speak of, to them, you speak to them as well don't you Mark it's, it's, it's interesting yeah. hearing from the other other side of the fence just about, about the opposition so. it's just like, as a wee bit of insight I think I think so. I think so. Because it's also really interesting to see sometimes how the opposition view your club and, and, and view Bolton Wanderers. And I think it's quite an eye-opener a lot of the times that that which which players they see as dangerous and which players um which players they don't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's always worth worth doing that sort of thing. I think there's loads of there's loads of scope there, to be honest. We all know this Sky TV thing is gonna blow everything out of the water at the end of the season. There's gonna be um uh, there's going to be a lot less that Bolton are going to be able to do domestically than they can do now. Um, they're still going to have a lot of international traffic to, to cater for, but the actual domestic um, streaming is going to be uh, severely compromised by the new TV deal. But, um, 
you know, it's it's hopefully going to be something they're going to be worrying about as a championship club as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, everybody got into bed with Sky in 1992. This is the result <laughs> of it. What can I say? <laughs> it was before my time. But, uh, yes, you uh, you pays your money, you take your chances. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, uh, one thing I will say, and I, I, it's, a, it's a bit of a side issue, actually, but having spoken to, to Neil this morning, we were talking about... Um, the, the the kind of discussion between clubs at the moment over scheduling and the league mm. cup and a lot of the elite clubs are maybe turning the nose up at the minute and saying oh I think we don't really want to worry about the league cup at the minute um what he one thing he said is he, he would totally be against uh any under 21 team involvement in the league cup yeah where that's come about i have seen it suggested in a couple of newspapers we've seen it in the efl trophy it doesn't work there i don't know why on earth they think they could they could do that in the league cup i don't know about you no, and I think someone mentioned it. Has came up with a suggestion on. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Twitter or X, as it's now known. Uh, about Where all scrapping. the best suggestions are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll take this with a pinch of salt. But uh, they said uh, scrap the the development sides and and uh, insert some of the the national league teams, perhaps at the sort yeah, of performing yeah. national league teams. I think that would probably be a better alternative because uh even though it's um i mean the game against my united on the 21s was a a good game in terms of uh players uh, boosting morale i'm thinking dan lundalo and yon daddy Budvarsson getting their first goals of the season but what what are you learning from from those games i think like the my united's kids will, will learn a lot they don't think they'll come up against a team of that quality this season so yeah. it, it benefits those sort of clubs but uh yeah i'm with you mark and if i would not like to see them uh, in the League Cup. I don't think that's a, a good idea. And the EFL Trophy, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, I've got to be honest. I think that they could uh, they could uh, make that better, more attractive competition. I don't know whether if, what the future is of it, really, in, in all honesty. I know that um, the, the Scottish equivalent in, um, invited teams from Northern Ireland and Wales into mm-hmm. their uh, lower league trophy. I don't know if maybe that uh, sort of Nationwide UK wide competition could be uh could be an idea. Yeah, Who knows? That. I'd be more than happy to go and, and play some of the Scottish teams, Derek. You could you could take us up there to your family castle and things. <laughs> maybe maybe we bring back the Anglo Italian Cup because I could go oh. and away trip to Pisa, man. Definitely. Yeah. The Texaco Definitely. Cup and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I remember yeah. um just thought I was I was uh Connors Key is like like half an hour away from me. So I went down there yeah. once for the, the semi-final. They played uh, Edinburgh City uh and it was a, a raucous atmosphere, I can tell you. So uh, maybe that <laughs> is the maybe that is the answer. Happy with that. Happy. And uh, to be fair, I think the, the Bali Premier League is also extremely uh good as uh, I think if if an England <laughs> Bali uh crossover could potentially I'm more than happy to do the away games. It's not an issue. Not <laughs> That's an very issue. honourable of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take that one on the chin. Um, last email. Last email comes from Anthony. Uh, he says, hi, Mark and Henry. Not Derek, though. Um, <laughs> the motorway... <laughs> yeah, I just added that bit. Uh, the, the motorway road signs directing traffic towards our stadium still say Macron for the most part. Is it in the club's remit to ask for these to be updated? Perhaps something more generic like BWFC Stadium, given the name changes are more frequent these days. Whether it's the council's or the club's responsibility, it just looks like we, brackets as a town, don't care. What do you think? Um, right, so that's another one that I've tackled with the club as well. 
So, within the town of Bolton, within the borough of Bolton, all the signs are now saying tough sheet. Uh, the ones that don't say tough sheet, and I know what you're talking about because I come in from uh, kind of West Horton side up the 61 and such like, uh, they say Macron. Um, I think there's still a couple that say University of Bolton as well. Um, there are probably some that say Reebok somewhere. Uh, but it's the Highways Agency or the, the Highways Authority uh, mm. that, that changed that. Uh, the club are on with it. It's apparently a bit of a bureaucratic nightmare. It's a paperwork nightmare. You've got to close lanes. You've got to do surveys. You've got to do all sorts of nonsense wow. um, just to spray paint a name. Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, I have, actually have a mate, and I'll, I'll say what his name is. Wayne. That's what his name is. It's entirely his fault, would you believe? <laughs> it's entirely Thanks, his we. fault. Yeah, cheers, Wayne. Uh, yes, I'll be at the Bolton Beer Festival with him on Friday night. If anybody would like to uh, to come over and ask him exactly why the <laughs> sign has not been sorted yet, it's all on his desk. It's his fault. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, they're they're hoping. Well, Neil Hart said uh, optimistically the end of this year, but realistically midway through next year, I think it will get mm. sorted. It's a ve- it's these little tiny minutiae that that you don't the think buff is all no. about, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it's been covered. Uh, but I know you're right. There's a couple of. I think the way I come in, I've not that. I, there is a sign. That I'll pay more attention when I come up for the Northampton game. I'll make, I'll try and keep my eye out and see if it says tough sheet or whatever. And I'll, I will report back you, my you findings. Flying by helicopter though, Derek. I mean, it's, it's to be fair. It, <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll take, I'll take some spray paint or some Tipex as well. And if it doesn't say tough sheet, I'll, I'll get I'll get cracking. Absolutely, Dougie Mercer will thank you. I think yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm tough sheet and I've I've given out loads and loads of money, I think I'd be a bit miffed if the uh, if the signs didn't get changed quickly. But I'm told they are on top of it. Okay, well we've managed to fill an entire hour. Nothing's wow. happened, but we've still managed, Derek. Well done, well done, well done, that man. Um, but that is all we're going to have time for this week. Uh, a huge thanks to Derek for stepping in once again. Um, a round of applause, Derek. In fact, uh, for uh, a minute's applause, maybe for me. A minute, a minute's applause. Yeah, that could just kill the last minute just to push it towards that hour. That'd be lovely. Um, yeah, have you enjoyed it? I mean, it's it, it's it's a bit of a difficult task because it's, it's it's a difficult week. You've been thrown on teams four yep. 0 down, a bit like Bod Varson against Wigan. <laughs> go on, go on, Jan. Get on there, lad. <laughs> uh, it's been all right, yeah. though. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, but uh, hopefully I've uh, done Henry proud and uh, kept up the standard on the on the Buff podcast, and uh, hopefully uh, Henry can come back next week. Uh, I still don't think it's a valid excuse uh, as Mrs. having a baby, but no. uh, there you go. No, no, absolutely. Um, he'll be picking out flipping <laughs> nursery colours and all sorts of stuff. Getting <laughs> nappies by now. Um, so, yes, next week we will probably see the return of Henry Hewitt. We may well see the return, a hat-trick of Derek Clarks. Who knows? Um, but I'm going to see you out with a poem from our wanderer's bard, Dennis Swift. He's sent me in a poem, um, which I think is pretty apt. And here we go. Uh, wanderer's fans divided. Ian Evert is to blame. Fans are going mental because we don't win every game. But many have a solution. They think they knew it all. Then get them to the training ground with a tracksuit and a ball. I know we're never satisfied. Please give the bloke a break. His squad's been hit with injuries and it's really hard to take. But an international break lies ahead, gives the manager much needed space to get our injured players fit and back to the promotion race. You've got to be having that, Derek. Hey, yeah, I like that. Well done. Yes, very good. He's been Derek Clark. I've been Mark Isles. 
This has been The Buff. Thank you very much.